Hello, old friends. We've come to talk with you again because our vision of highest leaping leaves grand final dreams as we are sleeping. And the vision that's flagged glory in our brains still remains. It is the sound of giants. And we are the Squinners. And this is our bonus buy podcast episode we had no plans to make, which makes you, our listeners, the collective giant appetite, the luckiest podcast listeners on the planet. Welcome to Never Surrender by the Squinters, the unfiltered, unauthorised, uninformed and only Giants fan cast. I am Needles, your Canberran Squinters made a D, and I'm delighted to introduce three chaps who just two weeks ago were nervous, pen-clicking podcast novices, but are now hilarious, grizzled veterans of the podcast game. From Dallas, El Presidente of the Texas Taranto Giants posse, it's Coco. Coco, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Needles. Thank you. Great to be here today. And from the northern beaches and the eastern beaches, it's Cheese and Penman. Oh, I mean, Bartman. Gentlemen, <laughs> we are the Squinners. You're welcome to Never Surrender. Thanks, Needles. Thank you. Whiskey. The only thing I click these days is likes <laughs> on, my, on this podcast. Um, this is the Five podcast. Well, we got a really good one from a guy called B-Train, so just shout out to our friend B-Train. Whoever that is. Get him on the <laughs> cast. Work on it. Um, we love you, B-Train. Keep listening. So this is the podcast that we were never going to do. Like, it was it was a bye week. We'll have a rest from the, from the hard work. Nothing was going to happen until everything did. By 11.30 a.m. Monday morning last week, everything had kicked off, and we knew the Squinners crew, that with two shows in the bag, it was already incumbent upon us to do a bonus show. 0% facts, 100% conjecture. A show so far gone past post-facts and post-truth, it wouldn't catch up to the zeitgeist. It would become the zeitgeist. So there's no quarters this week. It's just all last quarter. Play on at all costs. And so we're going to begin with the thing that broke everything, the DeBoer disaster. Uh, Bartman, last week you were talking about All-Australian. Probably off the table now for Matt DeBoer. Uh, is, there a, is there a specialist tagging role in, your, in an All-Australian uh, team? Uh, I don't know if there is. Perhaps there should be. But, you know, it, there's a nine rounds to go. It's going to be an uphill battle to uh, make the team when you're probably not going to be playing in any of those nine rounds. So... Um, R.I.P. in some ways, those uh, <laughs> to the the hopes I had, but um, still an outstanding uh, tagging masterclass over the past sort of eight, nine weeks from DeBoer. He's brought it back. That's off to him. To, he brought yeah, it back to Which the brings me that... to a quick... Sorry. No, you're right. Um, I was just wondering what, the, what everyone else thinks. Like, how hard is it to be a good tagger? I sometimes think being described as a tagger just means like, you know, I don't know if anyone can do it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I agree, Bardo. I think it's a very specific skill set and you've got to be, I think a lot of it would be mental. Like you've got to be like a dog with a bone, which obviously Dachi DeBoer, the ni- probably the nicest bloke at the Giants or in the top handful is. Um, and I think that has worked wonders for him. I think Lingy was the last bloke who got picked as a tagger in the All-Australian team. Yep, that's right. I forgot. And I also think it's often those nice guys off the field who are the absolute mongrels with the bone on the field. 
and they can just bounce back from constant negativity to provide even more negativity themselves in the form of a shutdown role. So he is an inspiration to those of us who counted counted touches on two fingers and uh, spoils and negative pressure with uh, two hands. Or oh, cheese, you know, six foot four and a little bit. You would have often been asked to be a tagger, I'm assuming. Haven't even put up an armbar needles. <laughs> now, it's a tough job, isn't it? It's it's very. I guess it's it's a thankless job in some ways that you, you play the you play the villain, so you kind of open yourself up to be public enemy number one whenever yeah, you're playing it's not away game. No, it's not. But it's the and and there is some conjecture about, I guess, the role of it and 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 should it be permitted. Um, as in, is it good for football? You know, when you see back in the day, let's take the Swannies when when Ruse was coaching that kind of boring football. I guess the role of a tagger can be kind of lumped in that category of, is it good for the game? Because if you're taking out the superstars of the game, which someone of the Boar's caliber is capable of, like shutting down a Dustin Martin, ultimately those superstars are good for the game. So. Can I can I liken it to a situation in a uh, in a great documentary I saw recently on on Netflix regarding ice hockey thugs from a bygone era? And <laughs> what but was there the was a kind, I think it's called Ice Warriors. It's really good. Huh. But basic, just very quickly, this is a bit of a tangent. You know, the thrust of that documentary was there was a place for guys who were weren't very good at hockey but were real good at fighting a generation ago because they kept the order out on the ice. So if you tried to smash up Wayne Gretzky, you wouldn't do it because you knew that these three enormous... He would come for you. He would come for you. So it it protected the skill players. And that's one thing you think about. Like, who's out there, you know, tagging the tagger? If you see your best player is getting shut out of the game by DeBoer, as 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 the other opposition... You've got to start blocking him or, or doing something, don't you? Like it's if it's obvious to armchair pundits like us on the sidelines that he's having an influence on the contest, you got to send start in the something. ice warrior. That's right. Well, send in send in the goons. The other thing is that I'm not very good at football. So um, how do you break your tag? Did you just run a tagger off their feet, or does someone tackle him so much? Like how is a tag quote broken? I couldn't deal with it. I think blokes, bloke, your teammates need to break it for you. And then they need to feed you off a handball so you can kick a Tim Tam and then everyone feels like the tag's broken. Yeah. If you do anything good whilst you're quote-unquote being tagged, you're not being tagged. Well, yeah, much. that's exactly right, which is anyone who's played on Matt DeBall. But, I mean, the it was out of, probably since Cameron Ling retired, the whole concept was not used on the football field because everyone talked about team defence and team attack and... We only worry about our own game. And apparently DeBoer pitched it to uh, to Leon Cameron. He said, look, uh, I reckon this is something that I can do. And Cameron said, well, let's give him a shout. And he made a real fist of it. But now, to, to the extent that people are now worried about what are the implications if we don't have a tagger and who can take on the tagging role for the Giants? Yeah, I think um, for the, with the tagging role, I think DeBoer has been very successful and also Ben Jacobs at North. But the other teams, I don't think, are finding as much success with the role. George and Hewitt where I for think the Swans. DeBoer's different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. 
Um, where I think DeBoer's different, though, is he's a nice bloke. Because one of the comments last week when he broke his shoulder was, oh, it's, he's getting a bit of his medicine. But DeBoer isn't that role. And he's not like, you know, remember when Ryan Crowley pinched yeah. Boomer 300 times in a game? And like, you know, you see DeBoer, I mean, yeah, he wears the bloke's tight. But he's not, you know, but he, he never crosses the line that you assume taggers cross as part of their job. So I think DeBoer does it in, really with his own spin. Could I just raise a flag there for a moment, Coco? DeBoer didn't break his shoulder. Uh, his shoulder was broken for him. I just think, <laughs> I think we have to be absolutely clear. I might pull my hamstring, but he was broken. Ben cunted him, drove him to the ground. <laughs> exactly. Language warning. One thing, that's Coco, I just wanted to touch on that. What what you were saying, Coco, like when does a good bloke who's a really good defender and who manages to get a few possessions himself during the course of the game, when and why does he get um, the tag, the get labelled as a tagger? Like what if, you know, because he's in a few of his tagging roles, he's out-possessioned whoever he's tagging. So well, exactly. I almost just think he's just out-playing his direct opponent and, and suddenly we call him a tagger. Yeah, his starting point. I don't know. What if he just had a really good game as a defender? Yeah, his... is that the same thing? Are they different? I think it's when it, it like where how they set up and where your starting point is because he goes directly to you know if it's Dusty or whoever it is he goes directly to them as their start point and not like the you know the Ruckman or the contest as their starting point. Has anyone ever an played on-baller. in a team with a tagger? I feel like I was tagging my entire career. <laughs> yeah, back. well, well, that's the thing I was about to say. Like the best tagger I ever knew was our under four. It was Brett, our under fourteens fullback, who was he was an outstanding tagger. He wore a guy like glue, but I don't think in sort of uh, Resi's footy, apart from being a back where you just follow your guy, there hasn't been a specific tagger. Needles. Yeah, when I follow my man around in the back line, am I tagging him or am I just playing on him? I always thought it was a role I'd like to do because I could be shown where the ball was because it never seemed to come to me otherwise. <laughs> Bubs, Bubs is left, left to Yeah, I just follow a guy. Oh, that's, how, that's what you do. Oh, right. oh there he goes. Um, but just to Giants theme it, are there any implications for the Giants without DeBoer? And should there be a replacement? If so, who? I think the replacements could be either... Um, I think... I mean, people will say Taranto, but I don't think... I think we should leave him be because he's, he's going too yep. well. I think um, Hopper um, could potentially... And I know he's like more of the extractor, but I think our options would be Adam Kennedy, Hopper, or Reed. But I mean, Reed is playing more of a specific role forward or back, not in the guts. Um, so I think we just need to say... And Adam Kennedy could do it and has done it a little bit, but I think we need to... Um, tell maybe Hopper to be a bit defensively minded and even a little bit Timmy Taranto. Um, but otherwise, I don't think there's a direct replacement and I don't think we should try for it. Mm. I agree. I think Adam Kennedy uh, lacks a, it physically doesn't sort of fit the mould of, of a tagger for mine. Outside. He's a bit more of an outside and he's, you know, slim, fast kind of guy, but I can absolutely see a Hopper or even a Taranto for, for periods of a game shutting someone down. But yeah, I agree. Like We need Taranto doing all the other things he's doing. He should be attracting a tagger. Does anyone come up from the Nifl? Like Aiden Bonner's a unit. Yeah. yeah. Nicky Shipley. What percentage of teams do you think implement the tagging role specifically? Like in any game of football, is there, you know, is... 
are most teams running a tag on someone at most points in time? Well, that comes back to what I was saying, Cheese. I think sometimes, you know, you, you, you're just your defenders are spending more time defending than they are looking for the ball themselves. And you could argue at that point they're tagging, mm. but at other points they'll be playing a more attacking role. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it, it's obviously all the banter about De Boer sort of makes the point that it's not as common these days. And, and that's why it stands out like dog's balls. Yeah. But it's all right because he'll be back for the finals. And apparently, there's no one, there's no one in the Giants who prepares himself with more care and attention than De Boer. So this little disaster, I absolutely he be able to believe sail that. Through it. He he looks like a bloke that gets the job done off the field. We're just going to move on um, to the. This is a small thing on the agenda, but I just wanted to put it in there. Coco, now we know that all the Tarantos live in Texas. Have you got in touch with them yet? Uh, not yet, although I have been doing some snooping around, and I believe filthy Phil Taranto, Timmy's old man, actually lives in Dallas. Ah, so, delicious. Lives in Dallas. Lives in Dallas. Yeah, lives there. D-Town. So, Bloody hell. I know. So just keep that open, Needles, and Mate, I'll close the loop on that one. Yeah, yeah, just walk around Dallas. It's not a very big town, is it? Really ostentatiously with all your Giants gear. That should really work. Ah, that's a great idea. I've been trying to find him on uh, across social media platforms, but um, <laughs> I'll just get the old uh, no, foundation no. member. Co- Co- He'll be coming up to me. Yeah, that's right. Let him find you. <laughs> At Tim.Taranto on Instagram, Coco. I reckon call him out. His, his old man's on the Insta. No, no Tim is. Timmy's. Okay. Oh, let's just go straight to the source and say, hey, I'm Go straight to him. I'm a Texas Del- uh, Giants fan. President of the Texas Connection. Giants. Would your dad like to join the club? I have um, needles. I have um, been asking around about University of Texas at Austin, where the family connection comes through. That's the best, biggest public and best public uni in Texas. And the Longhorn that runs around the before the games and at halftime is called Bevo. That's what I've that's what I've learned. Bevo. That's that, that is, is great intel. Would, that is our second squinter's scoop. Yes. That's tremendous information. We would pronounce it Bevo, but it's Bevo if you're a Texan. Okay. And we, and we hate Texas A and M, the Aggies. Oh, uh, I we hate, hate yeah, those yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> they are an appealing university, both, both academically and socially. The output C- that they. Coco, can I just clarify a few other things? How do we feel about uh, TCU, Ladanian Tomlinson's uh, alma mater, Texas Christian? Yeah, yeah, mate, they're too small to concern us. We don't even we care. Don't even about care right, fair enough. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, Next one is what also what happened after we were all just recovering from uh, Matt DeBoer's uh, terrible injury. The Tuesday and Wednesday were taken up with God, so described as, and I'm not, I'm sure this has got nothing to do with any Italian reference, but Godfather offers to <laughs> uh, to poach, yeah, to Cogs. Canilio gets offer from St Kilda upwards of. One, it says here 14 million per season. I think that's no, probably over. I think it's 1.4 million per season. 
uh, from St Kilda and also the same amount from uh, Carlton are going to launch at him as well. Even though both reports said that he was likely to sign with the Giants, they were going all in, both clubs, on Canilio. And I think it was, was it you, Coco, who said, or was it Bartman, why would you want to play for either of those teams anyway? <laughs> I didn't say it, but it's a great point. It's a very good point. It was pithy. And the good other, one. My only response would be $1.4 million a year would... What do you think the Giants will offer him? Well, he's a restricted free agent, so they have the right to match any offer that is made to him. But they couldn't do 1.4. Well, that's the speculation is they probably couldn't, given what they had to do, who they had to offload last year, sort of. And what's coming next year. And what's coming, so, yeah. Mate, we'll offer him three flags in the captaincy. Pick a number. Yeah, can you put a price on three flags and a, a well, that's flags. the thing. Yeah, twenty-one of your best mates for the rest of your life. BFF. A million, a million smacks for two years and a, two two finals and possibly two flags. And what do you reckon? And the, and the captaincy. Apparently, there's a bit of chat around getting Phil Davis and um, Callum Ward to to hang up the the captaincy shoes. Little Dutton maneuver. Yeah, a little bit. Is yeah, it I is like it much it. of a sweet note? No offense to anyone, but is it like that wouldn't get me over the line? Oh, and you can be captain. I just think captaincy in AFL, particularly at the highest level, seems to be something that's not Jaron Geary. It's not revered to the same extent it is, say, in, Australian in other team. sports. Yeah, it, it, apart from anything else, it's often passed around every year as a rule or at least every couple of years there's a kind of rotational thing so you know that for me that wouldn't be a, a factor apart from from in the Giants where Phil Davis and Ward have been there from the day dot and also yeah they're two great blokes Cogs would probably be like I, I don't want to be captain you know we've got two captains three way oh, captaincy like the Swans used to run no, I think it's time to switch to captains. And I think it'll work for Cal because he'll be, I mean, he hasn't had serious injury. So he'll be working his way back from injury next season. He can focus on that. And then it'll give Phil, I think, I mean, I don't think he would give it up, but I think it will be a breath, a breath of fresh air for him. He can focus on his podcast. His, um, um, his, his, you know, his really uni degree. His punditry work because he was, yeah, there was actually yeah. punditry wars exactly. last night because Adam Tomlinson was on the ABC commentating on the Swans game and, um, Filthy Phil Davis was front and centre on the TV, so we just. Had Mate, to I love that the boys out are getting out there, and, you know, punting. Yep. I think it's great. Anyone no, else? I agree. Um, you know, media's media for the Giants. I, I reckon I would like to see Josh Kelly and Steve Canelio dual um, be dual captains. I thought the co-captaincy thing works really, really well. Um, but also, I'd offer to Cogs with you also get to kick to Jeremy Cameron, Harry Himmelberg, and play handball yeah. with Lockie Whitfield and Josh Kelly for the next three or four years. So a lot of your possessions are going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, effective. Okay. And as, as a founding as a founding giant for Cogs who came across twenty twelve, I would imagine the Giants would be similar to Sydney Uni played a similar role in many people's lives. That it would be a big part of it, big part of his life. So, the faceless men of the squinters tell me he's pretty, pretty ingrained in the Giants' culture. So, to set himself up for another five-year stint. He's not the greatest talker on the media. That's yeah, that's all right. 
No, I mean obviously. We have plenty of practice when he's skipper. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, and apparently he's he's massive in the within the squad, but I just think that's interesting how people demonstrate what they're doing. Um, so, any final thoughts on one point four million dollars a season to play with Carlton and Kilda? Oh, I had one. He'll stay. Just um that that the the Godfather aspect of it. I was reading that article, and there's some bloke, I can't remember his name, who's implicated in. I guess beefing that offer up, like I don't know, donating towards the final sum, and he—he's um, the same bloke who was pivotal in putting together another very large package deal or offer for someone at North Melbourne the other year. So there is some bloke out there who's just godfathering AFL trade deals for completely different teams. Um, if you. Read that, but it didn't really delve into the details of did why, it? yeah, just, what his motivation. It just, it just hung it, it hung it out there. Why does he it, want? Why is he? You know, who does he actually go for? This bloke should commission. Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea as an agent is you don't go for anyone. You go. No, no, it's not an agent. It's some bloke who's what's his name? Hang on. Wasn't he the? Isn't he the list manager? And he used to work at North and put the offer for Josh Kelly. No, for Dugowie. That's right, Graham oh, Gubby. Graham Gubby oh, Allen. He's been around. He used yeah. to. Mate, he's been around everywhere for years a... and years. Oh, so is he Mate, at? Is he at um Carlton now? That's oh, sorry, Lock- St Kilda. Lockie Whitfield yeah. hid at his house when he was trying to evade the drug test. That's so right. He's good, he's oh, good gu- for that me, Gubby. Yeah, that Gubby Allen. He's a. Oh, I take I it all back forever. then. What a legend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't hide in the shadows. Come back to the Giants, Gubby. Um, we're going to come to the big and sort of meaty part of the, the bonus podcast episode, which was suggested by Coco, and it's a tremendous idea. And it's a little bit of a season review or where we're up to. We're about to start launch into the last nine weeks of the season, but uh, so it's not quite halfway. Uh, we'll go around. I'll start with Coco because it was your idea. Halfway through 2019, what do you reckon? Mate, I think my glass is fully full it's not even half full it's my cup overfloweth needles i think we are looking good and i think we're going to be singing the song in the last saturday of september at the g um and two reasons i think we're going so well is i reckon at least half our blokes if not more are having career best seasons i mean across all the lines there's blokes playing out of their skins um, and so the, the standard has just gone through the roof this year. And I think as well, um, I think Leon has brought in a lot more specificity to a lot of the roles Good the blokes word. are playing out there. And I think that has, I think they're really focused on what they need to do for the team. And I think that's brought the team together. And a few examples, like your needle brother, Sammy Reed. I mean, yeah. he's got a role every week and he's been yeah. executing DeBoer is having the great year in the tagging role. They've even got... Do you got... mean by executing, just quickly with Sam Reid, finding the ball in a pack and flat punting it somewhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. He's, no, he's, he's, he's shut down some great players this year. And I, I have always wanted him out of the team, but this year I love him. And then they've got like... I love him. I've always loved him. I think he does a lot of clean-up work um, yes. deep in the back line that... You, you know, don't see. You don't appreciate. And you're like, who scrubbed that kick out that if if it hadn't gotten out that quick, you know, something bad would have happened? And it's invariably him. Sam Reid. Um, yep. I think he's a great plug, 
plug a gap type player. Eats a lot yeah, of generic. Absolutely. And I think like Zachy Williams, Should. I mean, he's always had a oh. license, but he's, his oh. license is now... Say, say his name again. But his license is just... Heath Shaw has been told to stay at home a little bit, and Zachy has just been licensed to go. And then I think like... Uh, license to thrill. Exactly. Do you, do you want to know where he's from, Bartman? Uh, North Canberra? Narendra. No. Narendra. Uh, even better. Riverina. And then I yeah, think boy. even up forward, right? I mean, Jezza's leading the Coleman, but he is, I think his instructions are to get on his bike and try and pick up some touches because he's had a lot more possessions than he normally gets. And I think he's also been told to share them around. Even though he's leading the Coleman, he, mate, he's sharing them with the boys. And then Harry Himmelberg, he's our big marking target. And so his role is just to, his aggression and just jukes. And that's what he's been doing all season. Yeah. I think I think it's very clear what the boys are doing, and that's gonna that's gonna take us all the way this year. He's only played fifty games, Himmelberg. He's signed for five years. He's, he's, he's so he's so good this year. And can I the fact that Jezza is leading the Coleman while sharing a forward line with Himmelberg, who's also snagging Timmy's every every week as well. Like wait, and oh, can I just can we have a shout out for bloody Finlayson, that for me that is the revelation of the season. It's the old under ten. Take a bloke for the back line. Yeah, trade bait last year. Backline player, throw him forward. Boom, kicks just jags him. Sixty meters out, lackadaisical three step run up. Boom, straight through the big ones. Like he's and he's he started, incredible. He started taking some serious marks as well. Yeah, well that's right. That's how he get, that's how he gets the ball. But, um, you know, Jez is sharing a, a forward line with two other blokes who are firing, kicking multiple goals. And also, like, kicking serious numbers. Like, they're both, I think, how many is Himmelberg kicked? He's 30-odd? Uh, like, no, 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 no. He's about 20. Okay. Either yeah. way. And then you've got Toby Green pinching two yeah. or three goals. Well, m- imagine if Toby had been fit all year. It's scary. That's a scary forward line. Yeah, it's not, it's not a high-tackling forward line, but it's a scary attacking forward line. Apparently, Jez has done seven tackles all season, five of which were in one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's more than I've done. It's more than I've done. What I want to know, Needles, what I want to know, Needles, is who's who should be protecting him down there that's not I protecting know. him. Yeah. Who's the ice warrior that's meant to get <laughs> yeah. It should Daniels. be an ice. That's a Sam Reed role, if ever I've seen who would be the, Yeah, who'd be our forward line ice warrior? It's not Stormy. Um, the lids. Stormy. Stormy. <laughs> Just coming for just Toby, kneecapping Storm, people. Toby's fly kick. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Jeez, uh, what's your read, mate? Do, do who what do you think are our best lines or the key players? Uh what is scary to Coco's point, I went through this in, in preparation for the pod needles and I pretty much wrote out I, eight, love that. I wrote out eighteen players, I think. God you guys have committed. <laughs> I, I had six in the mids, like to add to who Coco didn't touch on, you've got Lockie Whitfield, interestingly paying in the first half of the season twenty six dollars for the Brownlow. If you want to get on early, we've got if he if he comes back like he was playing at the start of the season, we win. Mm. And then we've got Big Mummy back, the big swordfish. <laughs> Why is he called the swordfish? So that's completely new to me. I don't want to tarnish the great man. Just Google, sound like Google a, Mummy out of the and Swordfish <laughs> and White Substance. <laughs> right. Uh, Is that German stuff Jackie Watts was on? 
Yeah. yeah, exactly, Coco. Yeah, it's that German. It's it's some sort of it's it's just every good October fest. German. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't mentioned you. You know, Phil Davies down back. Heath Shaw is just a stalwart. Um, and Nick Haynes. And Haynes. So when you when you write down our superstars, it, it's scary how good good the talent is. So I would predict suspended betting on a prelim will kick in in the next fortnight or so. Um. At the big dance, but then the big dance is a scary day and anything can happen. So I'll go one short of Coco of locking it down, but I think we'll be there this year. Because we've been riddled by injury in the past too, and this year it feels. Well, at, no, we, we're riddled again, actually. The, the, yeah. The, the, I would say we, we are not having a great year from that the, point. Apparently, the stats lost to like talent of games lost, we're sort of second, but the, it's been better covered with better depth or less or important players or something. But you have like DeBoer's obviously important. Whitfield's important. Mm. And Toby Green was important. Cal Ward. And Josh Kelly. Cal Ward, exactly. Yeah, right. Bartman, what about yourself? Who are the, who, oh, look, who are the think... lucky players? Who are the unlucky players? Uh, oh, selection-wise. Um, it's hard to know. Look, I we have such... I sometimes get a bit... I lose track because we've got such a such a, a a plethora of talent that I I actually haven't had a chance to look recently at who's running around in the twos for the Giants. Perhaps we have a chance this week when they take on uh, Sydney Uni. Sydney, Who are we going to go Park, for? Fabled Henson Park, six thirty p.m. Marrickville. See, there. see you there for a live squinters taping. But um, you know, I think that's always as a former coach of mine once said to me after confirming that I was still in the twos. <laughs> you know, the real the real measure of a first grade team is the quality of the players playing second grade. Um, so I think... <laughs> How did that make you, you feel? Some, oh, like, still pretty yeah, shit. Like you were still honest. in second grade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, fuck off. Dude. Anyway, um, you look at who's running around in, the, in our twos or, or who's unavailable through injury and, and see and we're still second on the ladder and we've beaten the team above us on the ladder who it looks like just just lost again tonight, um, then that's a real um, a testament to our depth and our strength. And, and there are, all, in that situation, there's always a lot of unlucky guys who just weren't right at the right time. And that they're not. it's not that they're not good enough, it's just that they weren't right at the right time. And that's... Um, that's modern football, unfortunately. I've got no names or specifics for you, though, Needles. No, that's right. Mate, no, no apologies. I've got um, one, Needles. Buntine. Every time he gets picked, he's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you hear us? Um, what did you think of his game? Buy, in buy, a, buy, a, buy a lottery ticket, Buntine. <laughs> You've been picked again. <laughs> yeah, he actually played quite well last week. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we all grudgingly accepted that he was, he was yeah. good value. He played in the Giants' first ever game. I saw today. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Round how'd he go? Went missing. <laughs> uh, apparently, I think a few people are into Aiden Bonnard because he played some good games last year in the twos, but hasn't got anywhere near it. Uh, Mate, he's he's done two ACLs. It's only a matter of time before he does number three. And joins um, John Patton, who's coming back soon. John Patton, is he the answer to our, our yeah, I think the, the woes we don't have in the forwards? Yeah. He's the answer to who we're going to trade this year. 
probably true. Um, but who would pick him up, or what would you ask? Any other him? trade chat? Um, Hawk, mate, Hawks are into him. Yeah, no, I think Hawks will take him, and anyone should take him. He's a great player. He's excellent. And good but I mean, bloke. we just, you know, twenty sixteen yeah, was a exactly. great year. Yeah, no, he's good. He's very good. I think he's a great player. But we, I mean, we don't have the room for him. And like we were talking about, you know, hard trade decisions. We don't have room for him. Tomlinson too. He's got to go. Really, Tomlinson's one of my favourites. Yeah, mate. He, he spoke to me of, once nicely. He, yeah, he's a great bloke, and I love him as a bloke. He gets a lot of quan. And he doesn't win as many games. Loves Texas. He doesn't yep. win as many games, but yeah, okay, no, fair enough. He played really, really well, well against mean, Richmond. Put it this and way: he can play Would you anywhere. have him in the top five earners? Would you have him in the top? He's, I think he's not far out of the top five earners in the club. Is that right? What do we need to recruit? So, or we just need salary cap. Yeah, we need space to keep cogs. Yeah, Cogs and Jackson Hatley and those blokes. Tell you what, those the two youngsters, um, Isaac Cumming, he's. And Toby. Putting in some good football in the past four Tell weeks. Tell Toby he can have Toby's whatever he wants. He's, a five, he's in for five years. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Nicky Haynes. Yeah, Haynes won't go anywhere. I say that not knowing him or ever spoken Desi. to him. Desi. Desi. Um, Coco, you wanted to, to raise a little bit as a season review as well. I'd like to say I'm, I've never felt more positive um, about the Giants. I think there's there seems to be a bit of momentum and a certain steeliness. Even if they lose, it's all right. Get up, go again. They're difficult to beat. There haven't been any blowouts, and the the forward line options. Our defence is excellent, and our midfield's outstanding. But the forward line isn't just Jezzer or nothing. Toby can come in and will. Mm. Uh, Himmelberg is extremely reliable. Like he will always put in, and if he catches fire, it's on. And Finlayson, I think, is still you know hit and miss but he's hitting work in progress experiment yeah, exactly. that so far is working Enigma. you didn't mention stormy i didn't mention stormy um no he copped a little bit or steinstein or there is there's no player whose legs move faster on the ground than stormy <laughs> that's true i don't know necessarily if that's you know a reason to pick someone no it's not just an observation. Just a point. Fair enough. So who do um, we play in the grand final? Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, we've got the, we've got to have some Collingwood to, to come through. I think Collingwood. I agree. But the, the other thing is, we'll probably play at this rate. We'll play Collingwood either at um, Giant Stadium, the Beanstalk, or at the MCG because it'll be that'll be second. Do you reckon Steenstein would take Big Mason Cox? In the forward line. As our back. Like when, when he's resting up there yeah. and when he tore. Yeah. How tall is uh, Steeny? He's not Mason Cox tall, though. No, he's not. Let me get the data. Uh, Mason Cox is 211 centimetres. Um, I don't know how tall Steen is. He's probably... I'm I reckon he'd be about 188. I'd put him in the mid-190s. He's nowhere near mid-190s. Yeah, he's a big joke. No? Yeah. I reckon he is. Thank you, Coco. 189. <laughs> Otherwise, you, you wouldn't be able to do the decathlon. You'd be too tall. He's 189? Yeah. That's my guess. Oh, oh that was a guess. You said was... that with the authority <laughs> of someone conviction. that's just looked it up on some sort of official <laughs> website. Welcome yeah. to politics, gentlemen. Yeah, but the yeah, thing that is... was good from you. Yeah. Needles. Is that how it works down in the You've got my vote. You've got my vote, Needles. This is post-facts, right? You just say what you think. Yeah. 
did you find out, Cheese? Struggling to find him. No, okay. It's right, by I'll first name. What's Coco, his first you had name? Questions. No one knows. Uh, Jake, is it? Jake Stein? Jake. Jake Steen? Jake Steinstein. Yeah. All right. It's coming in. I think he's 195. We've got needles at the moment. Bullshit. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mid 190s. 95 Ooh. kilos, and he was born in 94 in the 90s. Right. Can't okay. wear skinny jeans because his calves are too big, like <laughs> our mate Bubs. I grudgingly um, admit that I was completely and utterly wrong. Do you see Charlie? I'm sorry, I'm just watching highlights <laughs> of Brisbane versus St Kilda, giving St Kilda a bath. Charlie Cameron kicked a few. He's got a younger brother who, who played really well for West Coast this week. Love that. Jared, Jared Cameron. Charlie Cameron, before he was drafted, played maximum 40 games of um, Aussie rules, including juniors and at school. Yeah, but did he play much um, on the power, on uh, on PlayStation? No, he played rugby league. He was a rugby league player and went to West Coast. And the only option they had was Union, and he didn't like Union. Oh. Cop that, leagueies. Um, yeah, sorry, I'll, for the third time, Coco, what were you going to ask us? You wanted opinions. Um, yes, I wanted to ask you blokes... I mean, I read a brilliant article um, on the Giants website today, which I thought was extremely fair and reasonable that claimed we're going to have nine All-Australians this year, (laughs) which I absolutely loved it. And I think, if anything, that's not enough. Um, No, exactly. (laughs) That's my main problem with that article. Stormy Daniels in there? Nine notable omissions. But from you, what, what I would love to hear from you blokes is quick questions. Number one. Who's our BNF Kevin Sheedy medalist this year? And number two, who is making the All Australian team besides Stormy? Needles, we'll start with you. <laughs> um, BNF, great. Tim Taranto and All Australian. Josh Kelly, uh, Jeremy Cameron. Lockie Whitfield, I think he'll be injured, so he won't make it. Um, Nick Haynes. Yeah, I think that's a solid three. I mean, obviously, I know I've left 15 out there, <laughs> but I think they would be... They're, they're outstanding footballers. There was an article on AFL.com and it had four people, four of us were halfway through, and I think I didn't pick two of those. But, um, yeah, they'd be my three. Yep. So you had Cameron, Kelly... And Desi Haynes. Desi Haynes. Excellent. Cheese? Kevin Sheedy medal, Cogs. Oh, yeah, Canilio. All Australians, (laughs) Cogs, Whitfield, JC, and Toby. He'll come home strong. (laughs) You'd have to. Fair enough. Love it. So you got Cogs, JC, and Toby. And yeah. Bardo? Uh, uh, Kevin Sheedy medalist, I think, will either be uh, Cogs or uh, Zachy Williams. Ooh, and nice. my uh, all Australians are obviously everyone that everyone has already said. And I will add to that Zachy Williams. Yep. 
Five. As a bit, of, as an out, you know, bit of a bolter. Five. Yeah, but I obviously, I obviously agree with everyone. Of the that team. <laughs> that I agree with everyone that everyone else has already said. Obviously. <laughs> have the with... Giants ever had more than one player? <laughs> I think no. We had Whitfield last year, and then we had Jeremy Cameron. Then that no. breakout season where he kicked a bazillion goals. Well, and Josh Kelly was the year before. Like, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Heath Shaw's yeah. made it twice. I think one year Heath Shaw and Toby Green were in it. 16. Really? Oh, good shout. Yep. I was looking it up last night, mate, studying. Yeah, well played. <laughs> so, studying for the pod. What about you, Coco? So, so far, the, the smallest the smallest is mine, and I've suggested three. And Chi suggested three. Bardo went for four, which is on a five. No, I went four. Four. Three, four, four, five. Bardo was five. Coco's going to double down. No one's denying <laughs> that Squinters aren't ambitious. Put it this um, way, Keiko. Who's I, not making the team? <laughs> yeah, that's a short list. Buntine's the only one who's not out of all Australian. Um, the 22 blokes except for Buntine are in the All-Australian team. <laughs> well, they're in the squad. <laughs> no, no, no. Michael Walters makes it, I just have to say, from Fremantle. Yeah, so he's in there. 21. Yeah, Matt. I think Cogs has already got um, two hands on the Kevin Sheedy medal. Um, and I would love, I, I would love, for the unit to win it, but he's obviously a really he's goal kicker. He's brilliant, Josh mate. Kelly Thirty and three, just fucking kicks them. Um, and I think if he goes to a different club, though, we obviously need to cook the votes and make sure he doesn't get the BNF. Understood. Um, but that's for postseason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the when all right, big news early this year. Alex Rance did his ACL, and my first thought was, you beauty, Phil Davis is going to get his long-awaited All-Australian Guernsey at fullback. And this hasn't been his greatest mm. year, but all Australians are a little bit political and Phil Davis has been knocking it down for years and years and years. So I think, I mean, this year he's been great, but I think they're going to give it yeah. to him. So I can see it. I think Davis, Mate, they might even Pons, name him captain. Yeah. He's, he's got. Yeah. 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 So I, I agree. Phil Davis, all Australian captain. Huge. And who are you? And who are your three all Australians or seven all Australians? Well, <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, JC's a lot. JC Cogs, Phil Davis, definitely. Um, and depending on how people are liking us at the end of the year and how far we go in the finals, I think Zachy Williams is a good shout ahead yeah, of Lockie, uh, ahead of Lockie yeah. Whitfield. They only they'll only put one of the Splash Brothers in. Um, mm. Nicky Haynes would be unlucky because well, Phil Davis high is in. Forward this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, mate, still they're tarred with the same brush. Right. Of amazingly fast, ex- excellent players. Yes, amazing tar. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I reckon just um, Phil Davis. They'll leave Haynes out because Davis is in. Williams, maybe. Canelio, Cameron, a lock. And then obviously Stormy. <laughs> just to finish this. I don't know whether I brought this up. Um, and if I did, then we're just going to delete this whole part of the conversation. But the the Giants run home the last four games of the season. Have you, did you guys hear that? No, what oh, is it? Are we? Yeah, are we at the MCG four times in a row or something? No, like we're at home oh, to yeah. three teams to three teams outside the eight: Hawthorne, someone else, and someone else, obviously. And um, and then the last game is at Metricon. Oh, so our, our four game, and we're unbeaten at, at Giant Stadium. So I, that's I haven't a, been to I haven't been that's to the a Gold momentum Coast since inducing uh, run footy trip two thousand and five. Great way of finishing a oh, season. We need it, Needles. There. We're playing three games in a row away from home at the moment. Yeah, that's true. But then had a rest, so. 
Righto. Well, I mean, that's fairly comprehensive. Does anyone else any more comments on um, any more for any more on the on the season review? Is anyone? What about a Norm Smith, mate? I mean, you know, obviously, hopefully, we make the granny. But is anyone got anyone but Toby as the Norm Smith medalist? <laughs> it's hard to go past Toby. <laughs> you can't, Stormy, can't. Stormy, obviously. Stormy will if Toby gets past. injured in the first quarter. Yeah, <laughs> I've just got the fixture list up. Before we get to that, um, yeah, round twenty is the Giants. Uh, sorry, the Swans at the Giant Stadium. Round twenty one is the Hawks at Giant Stadium. Oh no, Uni New South Wales Canberra. Um, the fortress, yeah, the the golden egg, and then next the week after is the bulldogs at Giant Stadium, and then yeah, Gold Coast at Metricon. Hey Coco, can I just ask a quick one? Is it can you win? Can you win the Norm Smith if you get reported? <laughs> I just well, want to know. It's just not asking best for a mate. It's just best on. Oh, good, good, good. So that's a yes or. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, didn't uh, Brian Lake might have got reported when he won it? Ah, against well, Fremantle. Remember that? I think he might have, didn't he? he I do remember. Blocked it. a few blokes. <laughs> <laughs> As an ex fan. Yeah, I was there. Uh, he took a lot of marks. Your former team. Yeah. Uh, good, excellent third quarter, that game back in the day. Um, righto. Well, there is actually. Good team even song. Though, even though this is. <laughs> Even though this is a, a buy, we have which means we've got a game this Thursday. Uh, so we, I think we should do just a quick five minute preview as as before the the cast gets away from us. Um, Essendon Thursday night. Essendon they just lost to West Coast fairly easily over at West Coast. They are a decent team and is going to be in Melbourne. I think it's at Marvel Stadium, where they just beat. Hawthorne it is at Marvel. Four points. It is at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. Thoughts? I mean, uh, we win that. We should win that. We win We're that. We're not too bad at Marvel. All of the pre-game focus will be on, you know, Shield versus his old midfield buddies. Again, because he had a he, shit time the first he'll time. He'll get low 20 possessions, you know. What about but, Devin Smith? Or is Devin Smith out still? I think he's injured. Good. Do you but, think Shields' uh, physique's changed a lot? I think he. Like I think he's does. gotten even bigger through the chest, arms, and shoulders, really? Chizo, if that's possible. He's he's yeah. certainly got rid of the Dunny Brush haircut. Mm. It's a bit more. He's cut no, that we'll do that too. Yeah, he's cut that down. down. Yeah. Bit more flair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think I think he's moved up a bit. Say again, Cheese. The AFL app. You know, everyone's obviously got it. Yeah. There's a there's a little section within that where you can compare the teams, which as part of my due diligence needles, I found myself doing today. Yeah. We're taller, we're heavier, and by default stronger, and we're more experienced. Is that right? The Essendon. Yeah. The key stat for me. The key stat for me, cheese would be we're better. Also. <laughs> and yeah, we have to be better. This is one of those games where I—I I mean, I don't want it to be a worry. Like it's, we should go and win. Mummy versus Bell Chambers. Looking forward to that. Bell Chambers is having a good season. He's a—he's a ruckman, you know, cut from the same cloth as Mummy. I think. So. Well, Hurley as well. Hurley versus Cameron, and Hurley got given a bath mm-hmm. by uh, Josh Kennedy, just taking marks for fun. Josh Kennedy just couldn't kick straight. Yeah. Well, that's. Has he still got a, a top top knot? 
Mountain girls or can it, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a short, short yeah. back and sides now. Go short on. back and sides, very sharp, very blonde. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, I mean, I think we win. I think we show Melbourne a little bit of love, and Essendon have to take it. Who? All right, here's one. Just say De Boer was playing. Who would we tag? Would you tag someone from Essendon? Zach Merritt, I think. Shield out of principle. Shield out of principle. <laughs> Mate, if, yeah, if Nick Haynes was playing, he would break the record for intercept marks. If D- if Deal Shield was, uh, if he was playing from Deal Shield's kicks, mate, he was lacing yeah. down. Actually, he a does terrible kick, Dylan Shield. I <laughs> well, didn't he just does it those like for the Giants, but yeah, just those eight and nine, to no nine, nine shots into the. Yeah, he just kicks them. He gives them too much airtime. Yep, it's extraordinary. You go, ah, oh, yeah. Um, I don't actually think at Essendon you would be... I mean, Zach Merritt, but he's not having... You, you, you'd tag him if he was kicking off, but he hasn't had a particularly dominant season. Who do you think then, mate? Dice? The vacuum cleaner? None of them. Nah, I'd actually just I put, out, dice. I'd, put our midfield I'd, audience there. I'd, I'd take Tipper. He finds, the, he finds the ball. He kicks goals. He's their barometer of how they're going. Yep. I'd take him out of the game so they all think, shit, we're going to lose. And then they do lose. If Tipper's not winning, we're not winning. That's the, mate, stats don't lie. I think Except we're very... Sometimes when they do. If the ball was around, though, I think having him in there, like, as part of the midfield unit, as a tagger, has been very successful. So I wouldn't want to mess with it too much. Obviously, he's off anyway, so... But, so I would still leave him, you know, with the role, even against sides that don't have anyone to tag. Very theoretical discussion there, Kaka. Yeah. <laughs> in that case, Andrew McGrath, because he's a, he's quite good. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. But he's pretty young. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we will wait with bated breath for Thursday night, which is not that long away, uh, before Sydney University versus GWS Old Boys kicks off the night after, which will be... So is that a lock, boys. Needles? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll need to get some people on board, but I think it... it it's, it'll be a unique opportunity for podcast hysteria. Um, really, really build our brand. Live casting. Um, and now, so I, I guess the final thing that we're talking about in, in this week's uh, Week of Wonder is a article that, Bartman, you brought to the table. The young um, American basketball phenom, LaMelo Ball, is coming to Wollongong. Uh, which you've which you've pointed out, if that doesn't work out for him, Wollongong is in the Giants yeah. uh, Academy zone. <laughs> so so if the AFL missed out, they missed out on Ben Simmons, but Lamello Ball, you might go from the Wollongong Lions to the GWS Giants. Yeah. Well, mate, look, if there's one thing I know about LaMelo Ball, is it's that you get to LaMelo Ball by going through his crazy dad. Did you get a handle on his the, the other names Ball. of the kids? Lonzo? Yeah. And Yeah, Lonzo. Isn't Who's the one place for the Lakers? Is it Lonzo? He's got traded. Did he? Uh, where'd he go, Coco? He got traded to New Orleans Pelicans as oh, part of the, the move Pelicans. to get Anthony Davis across to the Lakes. Of course. But then the Pelicans, did they just draft Zion Williamson? <laughs> they got Big Z. Oh, Big Z. That is a guy I'd like to see suiting up in a Giants, buddy. Beautiful. 
Imagine that. So there's <laughs> Lonzo Ball, Lamelo Ball, um, outspoken father Lavar, which is L A yeah. capital V A R, mm. and third brother Leangelo. Ah, uh, yes, Leangelo. L I, big A Angelo. Look, uh, it's a strange move, and it seems to be, uh, from what the limited reading I've done around it is, there, Lamelo feels that he's going to be the number one draft pick in the NBA next year. And he's looking for, you know, a season of, you know, physical basketball against seasoned veterans uh, in Australia, which has apparently quite a good reputation amongst, you know, international leagues as a place to... Uh, News to me. Yeah, well, me too, to be honest. Um, hey, Bartman, have you found something to replace your pen to click? Yeah, yeah, just rub stuff now. He's okay, chewing gum. Cool. Nerves is nerves, I guess. Mm. I just say, oh, yeah, the hands, they're busy. But um, it's just, it's amazing. Said. And of all the teams, of all the countries in the world, <laughs> the Illawarra Hawks, I love it. I'm go- I'll be up, I'll be down the Prince's Highway every, you know, during the season to watch LaMelo get around. Are you following them wait. on Instagram now? Sorry? Well, uh, yeah, the Illawarra Hawks have 18,300 followers and that's because it went up by 5,500 on Instagram uh, within an hour of the LaMelo Ball's announcement. Who has well, 4. Mate, 4, 4, 4. 4.5 million followers on yeah. um, on Insta. Well, that's why I want to know. What are the other 4.375 you know, uh, followers of his not doing already jumping? They should all be jumping onto the Hawks bloody Insta right now. What are they doing? Did you see Did you see Andrew Gaze? Is, is he our most crowned Olympian? Five Olympics, potentially. Anyway, up there. I think there's a, a couple of rowers who did five as well. Maybe yeah. maybe some and horse also, dressage, um, some horse riders, yeah, equestrian, yeah, Kaiba TikTok, a few loopholes, yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's interesting. He said, sports. We'll park we'll call it a loophole. Uh, he interestingly said he'd, he'd be lucky to get fifteen to twenty minutes. This is Lamelo court time a week. So the way the kind of article read what, it for said, the Mighty Hawks. Yeah, mm. the way the article read is that he would be like a, I guess a, a superstar, but. I found that interesting that he'd be lucky to get half a game. Well, he's still a young kid who has spent the majority of his career playing against kids his own age. And as we all know, there is a bit of a gap from being under-18s superstar to then um, getting flogged in third grade at your local footy club. I actually don't know what that's like. Oh, well, needles, I can tell you. What was it like? (laughs) It brings you down a couple of pegs. Um. But is there any other any other basketballs, Coco, that you can tell us coming from America that we need to keep an eye on? The New Zealand Breakers signed a guy as Mate, well. There is, yeah, I was going to say another top draft prospect for next year for the NBA is signed with the NZ Breakers. So, yeah, I think with um, I actually read a bit more about Lamelo. He played last year in the Lithuanian league. Yeah, as a that's right. Year old, so. He may, and he's already got he's already got his own shoe brand or something. His old man's hooked him up with big so baller brand. May, BBB. Well, that was Lonzo. That was Lonzo's brand, but it's gone by the wayside. And he signed Has with it? Nike. Yeah, I think he had to get his um, I think he had to get his BBB tat covered up, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think with Lamelo, there was more to it because he's already played professionally in Lithuania. Yeah. So, he, but it was I a bit of a be able to that, pay college. It was he'd um. They'd signed for UCLA or someone, hadn't they? And then Navar yeah. controversially was like, nah, if you don't let me, you know, yeah. be an active participant in 
you know, how my son uh, yeah. plays, then I'm going to pull him out of this college and take him to Lithuania. And that's what he did. Yeah. He did it, mate. Yeah. yeah. That's why I say, if you want to know what's going on with Lamelo in Illawarra next year, I think we need to, if we could get LeVar on the podcast, oh, mate, and just explain to him about, I reckon he'd probably push Lamello God, that'd be a long AFL. tangent. We'd have to show him some Quan, mate. <laughs> I reckon it could happen. Possibly. Um, well, that's Lamelo Ball. We can't wait to see his action. And if it fails, then there's always Aussie rules. Uh, I just wanted to know, Ben Simmons, who has gone the other way, who was apparently a genius Aussie rules player, but didn't like being a ruck. Yeah. Uh, so I know how that feels. Make $100 million a year in basketball. Um, I think that could, we've just done a good solid hour, which is a bit more than we normally do for a podcast that we weren't supposed to do on a, with no football to talk about particularly. Uh, just do the final cast around. It's, you know, it's nearly breakfast time in America and it's getting late. It's bedtime. I've got to go to bed. It's I've bedtime got uh, here on the Eastern Seaboard of Australia. Look, Cheese, Bartman, Coco, you, if there's anything else that we need to know we should be thinking about? Nah, mate. All good from Dallas. Excellent. Dallas is okay. Cheezo? We're happy in Valley Needles. Right. Okay. That's good. Well, in that case, what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll say we encourage speculation uh, from all Giants fans with a giant appetite to talk about the Giants. Um, in fact, we demand it. So if you want to get in touch and speculate Guess with what? us or at us uh, via neversurrenderpod at gmail.com. Uh, and thanks very much, Aaron. That's your Giants bonus. We're back with the real thing against the Bombers uh, Sunday after the game on Thursday. Hopefully, as I said, live from Henson Park on Friday night. Uh, or maybe we'll just do it Saturday or Sunday and upload it Monday, hopefully. Uh, until then, we've all got a giant appetite for flag glory. We're the squinners and we never surrender. Thanks, Needles. Never surrender the appetites. Never surrender. Woo! Never fucking surrender. Yes, Chiso. Fee, fi, <laughs> fo, fum. <laughs> <laughs>